Welcome to the Kingdom Convos podcast. This is your host, Diane Wong, and I believe that the best story to share is your story. Featuring church and industry leaders, practitioners, and other guest speakers, our goal is to make conversation on God's kingdom through storytelling. I pray that these conversations would ripple out into your local communities, organizations, and beyond. Welcome back to season two of the Kingdom Convos podcast. I hope that you have been enjoying season two so far. Grief Stories is meant for us to learn together for guests to come on and share their firsthand experiences. And today I have one of my really good friends, AJ, here with me, and he's going to share a little bit about his divorce. And divorce is something that is unfortunately very common in the church. Um, And it definitely needs to be talked about more because it happens often, but no one really talks about it. So I'm going to throw the ball in AJ's court and he's going to share a bit of his story. Yes. Hi, Diane. Thank you for having me here. Um, And also just giving me the opportunity to talk about something so relevant yet so real and kind of uh, hard in our generation. Um, And just, you know, giving me the chance to speak hopefully some encouragement, some life, some advice to other people. Um, So yeah, I am divorced. I'm 27. (laughs) I'm a young guy. I got married young. Um, And pretty much like marriage is beautiful. A lot of people have like a negative, uh, I guess you could say they have like a negative thought pattern about, you know, marriage and all that. But divorce and it's not fun first and foremost um but marriage is beautiful Bar- marriage is like amazing um especially when it's with god uh and as, as far as like my divorce story um and like how i ended up here long story short uh a lot a lot happened a lot happened and it just it just kind of like you can't really you don't really see it happening or, or should I say it happens in slow motion? You know what I mean? Like, it's almost like you see certain things, but you don't think those things are like detrimental to ending a relationship. You don't think that, oh, like you would think like arguing is common. We, you're going to argue, but like, yeah, but like you, you kind of want to be careful arguing too much. You know what I mean? Um, or saying too many offensive things or even making certain jokes you know like you just have to be like super careful because you don't know what could be the thing that just makes a total left you know and um yeah like things just got out of hand things got crazy um I said things I shouldn't have said uh she said things that she shouldn't have said um and the reality is is that like it just didn't work out infidelity was involved um and so that was a really big huge deal breaker and according to the word of god if that happens then of course you can separate and actually divorce um and because of that uh that's how we ended up being divorced you know and and separating from that but god is faithful man like (laughs) healed from all that delivered from all that so you know it's it's very hard sometimes uh especially like moving forward if you want to like be in another relationship you have to like ask yourself oh man like would those same things pop up you know what i mean um and and it's kind of hard to tell you know so yeah just yeah (laughs) 
Yeah, for sure. Thank you for sharing. And um, I think it's really interesting that you said that it happened kind of slow and steady. I think that's how you described it. Do you yeah. feel like you started grieving your divorce even before it actually happened? You kind of probably foresaw it coming, right? Right. So um, I feel like for me, my head was focused on moving forward no matter what, right? And so because I really believe God has given me the gift to be resilient and kind of just work through things, I never um, had the mentality that, you know, I can have any reason to just leave my marriage, right? So for me, it caught me by surprise when it kind of was going in that direction because it's just like, wait, why can't we work through this? Wait, why can't we work through this? Like what, what's going on? You know, with God, we can do anything. So why, why are we not applying that to our marriage right now? And, and even much more, my, a good friend of mine um, was going through the same thing. And it was kind of hard for me to like see them kind of work out their marriage. And then for me, I'm just like, oh man, I'm about to get a divorce. Like, you know what I mean? So like, I think it was a lot going on in total at the time of man, like, wow, my, my, my ex is kind of feeling some type of way about the things that have happened in our marriage. And then to see my friend fixing their marriage and I'm praying about the same thing, yet mine's is going down and then theirs is going up. Um, yeah, there was a lot of foreseeing and, and kind of grieving that, man, this is getting ready to happen. Um, and it, it definitely takes a toll on your mind and your heart. Um, mm. And if you let it get to your soul, you know, so, yeah. So what was the grieving process like for you? Um, yeah, so like the grieving process for me was just, in the marriage, it was a lot of crying, <laughs> uh, obviously, and just kind of like a lot of like, we don't need to do this. Um, to be very honest and very transparent, um, I actually like was in a place of like suicide. Like I wanted to die almost. And I know that's like a lot, but like, I didn't want to be here. And it's not, I didn't want to be here. It's just like, I didn't want to feel the pain that I was going through at the time. And I felt like taking my own life was like the best option to not feel the pain that I was feeling because like, I didn't know what else to do um, at that time. And so like, I remember like, I was on the floor crying. I had like called the cops and I told them like, listen, man, like, I think I'm just gonna off myself and I need you to like come before if anything happens or, you know, whatever. And so like, that's basically considered a 5150 because you're basically calling the cops on yourself and saying you wanna kill yourself. So like, that was like how hard I took everything, you know, um, especially like around the time when I found out about the infidelity, I was just kind of like, yo, like I wasn't expecting that. Um, and yeah, so that was before um, like the divorce. And then after the divorce, it was really like running to things that was not fulfilling women, um, you know, I've tried to like smoke weed before and it didn't help. And I used to smoke weed a lot before. And then the Lord delivered me from that. And I know he delivered me from that in that time. Cause I remember I was in the car and I was like crying. I was like, Lord, like, I'm sorry for getting high. And it was like raining. So I felt like in my mind, God was like kind of crying. <laughs> it was weird. It was like a process of like, Oh man, like I should not be doing this. And it's just like, it all, it all, it all goes to say like, you can't run to things 
outside of God to fulfill you um, unless he like provides those things in front of you to fulfill you. Right. So like, for example, like church and the, the, the people of God and like, you know, serving, like those are things he would give you in order to bring fulfillment. So I was like running to things that was not bringing fulfillment because they weren't in God, you know, and it just even more so tore me apart, you know, um, and I couldn't heal in those areas. So, um, yeah, yeah, that, that was like what it was like for before the divorce and definitely after the divorce, it was just very detrimental to my life and like couldn't get a hold on how I felt at all, you know? So, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Thank you for your transparency, AJ. I really appreciate you just being super honest with your process. Do you feel like you struggled with any ideas or any biblical truths or even your theology on God? Because when you were talking about how your friends were also going through the same thing, they were working it out. So did just the trajectory that it was going, did it make you question God at all? Um. In those moments, I feel like for me, yes, yes. Um, so the Bible talks about um, God n- hating divorce. Um, he says he doesn't like divorce. And it was hard for me to wrap my mind around like, well, if you hate divorce, then why is this happening kind of thing? Um, and also just kind of like, if, if this is supposed to, if this is like something we said before you, which is like, you know, for better or for worse, for richer or for poor, through sickness and through health, like we're going to be married, then like, why was this happening? You know? And it's easy, at least it was for me to just blame God for the failure of my marriage, because it's kind of like, you know, well, you brought us together, so what's going on? You know what I mean? Um, And that was a big lie, you know, because there are biblical reasons to also divorce, right? And obviously, like, we don't want people to get into marriage with the idea that you can just run into divorce. But if we're speaking biblically, biblically, um, then the reality is that you can divorce if you have a spouse who's an unbeliever, and they walk away from you because, you know, God would rather you have peace than to like try to fight them to believe in God and or fight to be in this marriage. So like if they're an unbeliever, they they have the right to like walk away from the marriage and you don't have as a Christian and as a believer, you can stand in your marriage. And if they walk away, that's on them. Right. Um, a woman can also should not. I'm not recommending a woman to divorce her husband at all. But say if there was like abuse or like something going on. um, in the marriage, then biblically the Bible says that you can, a woman can divorce her husband, but she should remain unmarried or reconcile with back to her husband. Right. So like, these are things that God has given us um, to be mindful of because he doesn't play around with marriage at all. You know, you can't just divorce because um, you don't like your spouse anymore. That's not a reason, you know, um, God is married to us. And I'm pretty sure he doesn't like us all the time. And you don't see him saying up, oh, well, I don't care about you anymore. You know what I mean? So it's like, the marriage is supposed to be a reflection of like what it's like with Christ in the church. And so in the same way, <clears throat> it was bothering me because it's just like, if this is a reflection of Christ in the church and I don't want to have nothing to do with it. <laughs> right. <laughs> like as far as like my divorce, like I didn't want to have nothing to do with that. 
And then seeing my friends like fix their marriage just made me feel like, God, like maybe you don't care about me enough or you don't care about my marriage enough. Um, and my circumstances are a little bit different because like I don't have family and friends. Well, I have friends, but like I don't, I didn't, at that time, I didn't have a lot of family and friends. Um, and so the, the cold thing about it is like getting past your idea of what should happen and trusting God that like this is the best thing to happen because like for me, it didn't make sense. What? I don't have my mom. What? I don't have my family. Like, what? This doesn't make sense. This would be the perfect reason to have a wife and stay together, you know? But again, you can come with all the, come up with all the ideas of what should happen and what shouldn't happen. But at the end of the day, like God is going to get the, 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 the true um, last say, you know, he's going to get the final say for all of that. So um, I had to just accept it, you know, and accept that God had healing prepared for me and, and love prepared for me and mercy prepared for me and as well as for her, you know, um, it's not just about me. It's also about her peace and her heart and, and what God wants to do through her and how can he do that if we're like destroying each other, you know what I mean? So, yeah. So despite all of the wrestling and all of the questioning, the grieving, do you feel like God met you in the midst of your grief still? Um, absolutely. Yes. Um, first and foremost, I would definitely say God has met me in the areas where I was being uh, rebellious and kind of like, I don't care. Um, having that I don't care mentality. Like I, after my divorce, I feel like I did do like a whole 180 on God and kind of like, I don't really care. And even in that, like, I just felt like the prodigal son where it's like I ran off and I just did what I wanted to do, you know? Um, and then it got to a point where like, it didn't, like all that I had, you know, um, went away, started fading away. And then it got to a point where like, oh man, I don't have anything. I need to like find something, you know? And then I find, you know, more people and more things that just wasn't helping. And then I'm praying to God, like, okay, Lord, I want to like come back home. Like, I want to come back home. <clears throat> and I felt like he's like, okay, come back home. Right. And he gave me a church, um, which is Hillsong. And like Hillsong, like, it's crazy. I was my, my best friend, Mike, who's also like my brother. He's like my brother. I don't have any siblings, but he's my, he's my brother. I don't care. Um, <laughs> he, um, this was two, this, I want to say 2018, um, on the 4th of July, um, I had asked him, what churches do you recommend for me to go? And he said, Zoe, Mosaic, and Hillsong. And I was like, wow, okay, I'll check these out. And like, I've heard about Hillsong. I also had a friend that was going to Hillsong at the time too. So I was like, yeah, let me check out Hillsong. It was also eight minutes away from where I lived at at the time. So I was like, yeah, like, let's go. So I go to Hillsong and like, I just felt like God put me there. Um, and I remember like me going there and then me having a dream. And in the dream, I had friends and we were all walking around and we were just a community. And I just knew that God wanted me to be there, you know? And, and because of that, it brought so much healing. Like even you, Diane, like we were friends because of Hillsong, right? And like this podcast is happening because of Hillsong, you know, and somebody could possibly get healed or need encouragement from this podcast because of, you know, us meeting through Hillsong. So it's like God just connected all the dots and that's how he met me in my grief. That's when he was like, I love you. I care about you. I'm going to give you a church. I'm going to give you community. I'm going to give you friends. I'm going to get people who love you. So you feel valued, even if you feel like anybody who walked away from you um, didn't care about you. Um, 
like I'm, I'm going to replace that with my love through other people, you know? Um, and that was one way. And then also just, you know, dreams speaking to me and, and, and visions, um, definitely just, um, embracing my pain when I was crying, I would just feel his peace. I would get chills. You know, every Christian has like those chills, like, Ooh, Jesus is with me, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and it was just like, I felt all that. And it, it just brought me peace that, you know what, like his word is true when he says he will never leave you or forsake you. His, his word is true when he says, do not be afraid, you know? And, and, and I've definitely seen that in my own life. His word is also true when he says he is near the brokenhearted, you know? Um, and he hears us, you know, he hears our prayers. And even if our mother forsake us or our father forsake us, he will take us in as his own, you know, and it's very true. That's amazing, dude. God is so good. And it's such an honor to be a part of that community that you found at Hillsong. How do you feel like the church responded to your grief? I think truthfully, um, nobody knew that I was grieving because I, I did a good job of like masking how I felt right? Like, especially because I didn't like know half of the people that were there. I did a really good job of like masking how I felt. And it was when I met a, a friend of mine, uh, Louisa, her name is Louisa. And me and Louisa, I joined the youth and we like sat in the parking lot and like, we just talked, you know, and I opened up about my story to her. And like, before I came to Hillsong, I was very careful about who I talked to about my story and like kind of, you know, sharing what I've been through. Um, but, I, you know, when I when I met her, I just kind of like trusted her like, okay, like, she seems like a real person. She seems like a legit person. And I remember like we were in the parking lot until like 1am talking about all this stuff I'm talking about now. And she just embraced it. Like she was just like, yo, like, I feel you. I feel your pain here's some encouragement, here's this, here's that, like, here's some scripture, here's, you know what I mean? And it was just like, she didn't have to do that um, at all. And the fact that she did just brought peace that I can like open up and be embraced by the church, you know? And I think that's like the goal of church is to like bring a lot of broken people together to Christ who can heal us and deliver us from all that brokenness. Instead of acting like, oh, I have all, I have it all together. It's just like, no, come with your pain, come with your worries, come with your doubts and let God speak to you and answer all your questions, you know, or give you peace, even if he doesn't answer your question, because he's just like, my presence is enough um, to handle what you're going through. Like just knowing that God is standing with you is enough to just face your fears, you know? So to know the church was standing with me and it was because of God. I truly just was at peace. I truly felt loved and valued. Um, I truly felt like once I started opening up to the idea that I could be loved, that's when I felt love um, on a whole nother level. You know, um, once I believed that I could be loved, you have to believe you can, that you, you, you have the, the right to be loved by God because he, he first said that he loves you, you know? Like, you have to believe that. Otherwise, like, if you don't believe that he loves you, you walk around with this perception that, like, you're unloved. And I was reading this book, and I also seen the movie The Shack. Um, and it the woman was talking about this bird and how, like, 
a bird has wings because it's meant to fly. But like if a bird stays on the ground and like it doesn't use its wings, then it's like it's not walking in its purpose. It's walking. It's not doing what God has called it to do. And like it spoke to me so much because she's like, that's how we are when we don't feel like we're loved by God. You know, like we have wings, but we don't use them. So how can we fly? You know, and I feel like I feel the same way. Like I related that to so I related to that so much because I wasn't flying in Christ. I wasn't I wasn't using my wings and I was a bird who could go anywhere and do anything in Christ. But instead, I'm walking on the ground, you know, and I was limiting myself um, and allowing others to be limited by what I accepted and when the church just was like breaking down those doors and God was like, let these people in and let these people love you. That's when I really felt like, man, the church is so much needed for broken people like me and for others, you know? I get chills listening to you talk about that because um, honestly, like a lot of people haven't been met very well by the church in response to their grief. And it makes me really happy to hear that the church actually did what it was supposed to do um, Mm -hmm. in your life. Um, I do think that it was a really good thing that you were guarding your heart. Um, I think it's wise not to talk to everyone about what's going on in your life. But do you feel like the church could have responded better to your grief in any way? Um, In all honesty, no. No. And I'll say that because you have your pastor who is preaching a word, giving you encouragement that God is with you. Um, you have friends and community who call you and connect with you. So you feel like loved and valued. Um, I was serving with the youth, which man, working with kids, youth, teens, babies, whatever, just brings a different type of, of fulfillment and value to your life. Because now you're not just doing it for you. You're doing it for the betterment of someone else's child someone else's soul you know and and it puts you in a place of like integrity like i really believe those kids that i was working with and serving really helped me to be accountable to the things that i was doing in my life outside of church um and any hidden sin that i was just kind of dealing with at the time where it was like i can't go to church and look and, and sit in front of these kids and tell them, don't do this, don't do that. And then I go and I do it. Like, that's not, that's not what God would want because God is not a hypocrite. So like, they would hold me accountable, you know, and, and, and just kind of like, let me, I don't know. I had to examine myself is what I'm saying. Right. In order to serve. So serving is like huge because like, you can't just serve you, you. I mean, you can, but like your heart has to truly be in it, you know? Um, for God, you know, and, and it's easy to like get caught up in, I guess you can say our own type of sin in our own selfishness. Right. So like, what I mean by that is like, I also felt like my identity was like wrapped up in my serving because like, I'm super loud. I'm super obnoxious and like, Hey everybody, like what's going on. And I just feel like that's the joy of the Lord. But also too, I think I was kind of like reeling people in to see me because I didn't want to not be seen. And you can really get caught up in your identity in that of like, if a kid certain day doesn't say hi or something, or like a certain youth leaders act in a certain way, or the pastor, you know, is on the move 
and doesn't really have time to connect with you, then you kind of take it personally, but that's not because of the church. That's because of like you expecting certain things, you know? And so like, I, I think like for me, it's don't go into church with like certain expectations of like what it should be, but just like kind of let God do his thing. Right. Like, of course, go to the word of God when it comes to like what ground and foundation a church should have and make sure that, that it's following through with that. But just remembering that like church is like full of broken imperfect people. And so to hold people so close to a bar of perfection um, can be dangerous, right? Because you're like, if you didn't do it this way, then you might not be as godly as I thought you was, but it's just like, well, what if that person didn't know and you had to answer and instead of you judging them, you spoke to them about what they were doing and then they changed their behavior. You know what I mean? So it's like the church is full of broken, imperfect people. And you have to be mindful of that and just love. Like God didn't call you to just judge, right? He didn't say like, judge God, judge God with all your heart, soul, and mind and judge others as you judge yourself. Like he didn't say that. <laughs> he said, love, you know, love God with all your heart, soul, and mind and love your neighbor as you love yourself. Those are the two greatest commandments that Jesus said. He said, you can wrap up these, the whole law in these two commandments right? The 10 commandments can be wrapped up in two, love God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. Why? Because at the end of the day, you're not going to steal, you're not going to kill, you're not going to do all these things when you love God. And you're not going to steal, you're not going to kill, you're not going to do these things, you know, envying somebody else's wife, because you love people and you love yourself. So it brings value, right, to your life. And you also understand that you are valued by God. And I really believe that's like how the church should, um, like love one another and care about one another. And I'm not saying like the church is judgy, but just don't go in with that mindset that it is judgy, you know, and just kind of like, let, let, let the church be what the church is going to be. Um, and if you don't have peace at the church you're at, then like, you know, pray about God taking you somewhere else. God is okay with bringing you to a place where you are to grow you, you know? So I just think the church did a great job with me, you know? And again, if, if I, if I talk about anything that I felt, was negative i think it was personal because of my own um offense you know and the bible says love is not easily offended and or another translation says it's not easily angered so it's like if i allow imperfect people to like you know get in my heart then that's not really a them thing i mean god will correct them but it's also a me thing because i'm taking offense to it but love doesn't do that. So how do I practice not being easily offended, even if it's not what I wanted it to be 100%. So no, nothing bad to say about the church, to be honest. Hmm. Nothing. Let's talk more about expectations because this is kind of a new perspective that a lot of guests haven't talked about. And I think that what you're, I agree, first of all, like with everything that you're saying, but when you're in the grieving process, I think it's really hard to see in that perspective to see that like you're the one who has to take full ownership of um, how you're grieving and the healing process. So do you feel like, like what is on the person and what is on the church in the healing process? Yeah. So for the church, the church, um, the church should be in a position of embracing and welcoming with love and care and but also knowing how to adjust 
to people's needs, right? So like for me and my perception, sometimes I think like the church can be so passive with sin. Oh, that's okay that you're doing that. God loves you regardless of your sin. No, don't say that. Don't say regardless of your sin. That's not true, right? God cares about you, but he also cares about you sinning against him, right? Like he loves you, but like you can't keep on sinning, right? You can't keep on doing like the wrong thing. That's not God. And so like sometimes we have to be like careful of not taking the right hand from God and only focusing on you know his grace and his mercy and his peace like that's great but you have to also you also have to know like god is a just god and he does deal with like sin right and like that's that's the church's like position for me i believe in my perception is like the church should be loving caring and embracing but also correcting guiding and shielding and protecting the people right um, and being intentional about that, because it's not about the numbers, because if it was about the numbers, then Jesus wouldn't have said, I will leave the 99 for the one, right? Like, I, what? Like, he doesn't care about, it's not that he doesn't care about the 99, but the 99 are straight. I care about the one. I, ca I came for the sick, not for those who think they are righteous, but those who know that they are sinners, right? And so it's like, the reality of that is like, Jesus came for those who needed help and needed compassion on their lives. Those who were blind, those who were sick, those who were lame, those who couldn't do it themselves until they got enough strength to do it themselves and go confess that Jesus is Lord and told everybody that Jesus is Lord. And so I feel like that's how the church should be. It should be just like Jesus, right? Where they're modeling his style, praying for people, loving people, embracing people, welcoming people, and judging people in a way where, and I, I say this with the intent of understanding the difference between judging and condemning, judging people according to God's word to say, hey, that's not right, or it is right. Like when a judge is sitting in his seat, he's determining the right and wrong um, answers to a situation or the right and wrong actions to a situation to furthermore provide a, a conviction to what the person has done, right? To condemn them on their, on their actions. So I feel like we have the right to, to be mindful of if someone is doing something right or wrong, according to God's word, but we don't have the right to say that this person is not of God because they're doing something or struggling with a certain thing. We have to be careful about that and more so about like praying about it. Like, okay, God, like, like help that person with this. And if it's becoming an illness, right? Because God talks about like, watch the yeast, right? Of the Pharisees, because a little bit of yeast can rise up. You have to be careful of a little bit of sin because it can rise up. So like, you have to like, of course, be careful and mindful, but at the same time, just like give it all back to God. We are not God, you know, like pray, love people, but let God at the end of the day, do what he's going to do, you know? Um, and, and, and not try to be God, you know, serve God, be, um, be ambassadors of the kingdom of heaven, but don't try to be God and sit in his seat, you know, careful of that. And so just being mindful of that. And then also for the person, it's just being open and, uh, being open and, and, and wanting to receive love and wanting to receive correction and wanting to receive 
guidance and protection, wanting to receive the church. You know, I think a lot of people go into church with this mindset of like, I'm scared because what if God is this judgmental pointing the finger type of God, which he's not, or what if people are like that, you know, and we have to be careful of like how we are as a church, but we also have to be open enough to say like, listen, I, I need to learn how to open myself up to love. I need to learn how to like be hugged and not be weird. You know, um, I need to learn. It's a learning process. It's not easy, but it's definitely worth it because then you can walk away feeling love valued and have a community that continues to pour that into you. So I, I would just say for the church, it's embracing and welcoming with um, less judgment, but more so open with the love of God. But the love of God also includes correction and, and direction and, and making sure that that person is living the right life according to God's word. And for the person, I believe it's being open to being embraced, to be loved, to be cared for, um, and allowing God to just pour out his love and his spirit because he said he would do that. He said he would pour out his spirit upon all flesh, right? And it's not that God hasn't poured out his spirit upon all flesh. It's just sometimes we reject it. He keeps his promises, right? He poured out his spirit upon all flesh, but sometimes we reject his spirit and we have to be open to not rejecting his spirit and accepting his love. Yeah, that's really good. And I want to hone in on correction a little bit more. I think we have to be super, super careful as Christians when people are already kind of walking on a thin line on when we correct people, because that can either push them towards Jesus or it could push them over. Yeah. But like you said, correction always comes from the Holy Spirit. And um, I just want to make sure that everyone who's listening, like if you're going to correct someone, make sure that you're actually praying about it and make sure it's actually from the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And then also just with the grace gospel, I definitely see that it can kind of be a cop-out for people sometimes. And as Christians, we have the role to love, but sometimes loving means correcting people. My personal story, I heard the grace gospel and that is what opened the door to Jesus for me. But at some point that wasn't enough anymore. And I needed to start transforming my life so that I could experience God fully. I think for me that required correction that required people coming around me and just speaking truth into my life, being honest about where I was and the things that I needed to change. And I think the correction that came after the grace gospel was equally or even more powerful than the grace gospel itself. So um, I'm, I'm definitely not hating on the grace gospel. I've definitely um, believe in the grace of God, but also as the church, we can definitely do better at just being honest with people and correcting them because I think that a lot of people are just scared of being offensive, but people aren't as offendable as we think they are. That's definitely something that the church can work on. But AJ, what is one piece of advice or encouragement that has carried you through the grieving process? One piece of advice or encouragement that has carried me through the grieving process. Such a good question, Diane. Um, so I had a friend I had a friend call me um, from my childhood. It was actually my friend's mother. And she just called me randomly. And she just felt like she needed to call me. And she, it was just on her heart. This was like around the time I, uh, like, like my separation was super fresh. 
she just randomly called me. I haven't heard from her in years. I didn't even know she had my number. And she said to me, when things feel like they are falling apart, they're really coming together. And I was like, you don't know how bad I needed that, you know? And she didn't like know what I was going through or anything, but she just was like giving me encouragement because she just felt like God put it on her heart. And like looking back on that right now, I just feel like that's exactly what has happened, you know? And like before all this happened, I felt like God told me that you're going to be walking on water and your latter days will be greater than your former days before my divorce. So like, it was like confirmation that even though things feel like they're falling apart, they're really falling together. It was just like, wow, like I needed to hear that in that moment because it reminded me like God is saying to me, hey man, you're walking on water, you're walking on impossibilities, you know, and you're walking towards me. And I know it's hard. I'm thinking about Peter, right? Like him walking on water. You're 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 walking on impossibilities. You're doing impossible things because I'm giving you the strength to do it. But just continue to focus on me. And your latter days will be greater than your former days, you know, because I'm taking care. I I know the beginning and the end. And I know the end before the beginning. Like that's it's so crazy how much he knows. And I just feel like, yeah, that was like the best piece of advice I feel like I got in that time of grieving and like just feeling like, man, I'm not going to make it. And then having that hope that, wait, maybe everything that's happening to me, happening to me right now is actually happening because God wants it to, not because he's trying to like hurt me or anything like that, but he wants me to learn and he wants me to trust him, you know? And also I would not be able to like talk about this with you right now if I didn't go through it because this is not our experiences and our struggles are not for ourselves but not or should I say not only for ourselves but for someone else who is going through the same exact thing but has no hope you know and to tell them Jesus got me through Jesus made a way and maybe this person doesn't know Jesus they're like well I need this Jesus right now I need this Jesus right now then because like I don't have any hope. I don't have a way out. I don't know what to do. Right. And, and to know, like, it becomes our testimony. Like the Bible says, like we overcome the enemy by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimonies It's by what Jesus did on the cross. And it's by our testimony of us constantly testifying the goodness that he's brought into our lives, the correction that he's brought into our lives, the way he loves us, the way he cares about us to other people. Right. And we have, good news so we should be excited to go tell other people about it like when i get a new pair of shoes i'm like you should see these you know what i mean but i do have a new pair of shoes i have the shoes of the good news of the gospel why am i not telling people about it you know so yeah that that was a piece of encouragement that 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 was in my life at that time that's a kingdom mindset right there when you can can see your suffering in the in the lens of the people that you'll minister to one day that's a kingdom mindset and I'm so proud of you for being able to get there, honestly, because it takes a lot of work to go through the healing process to seek the Lord in the midst of your suffering and then to be able to use what you've gone through to help other people. Mm. So with that being said, how would you encourage someone who might be struggling in any relationship right now? Um, the first thing I would say is give it to God and have peace with his answer. Um, 
<laughs> a lot of times we jump into relationships, friendships, business partners, et cetera, et cetera. But we don't have full peace from God. I've definitely done that. Um, so I'm not trying to sit from like this. Oh, you know, I got it all together. See, I've definitely done that. And I've learned that when God doesn't give you peace about a relationship, it's because he has greater and better for you and for that other person. Um, and it's not because he doesn't want relationship for you, as Mike Todd always says. Shout out Mike Todd. God wants relationship for you. Um, but it's just being mindful of the peace that comes in that relationship and learning that, okay, if I don't have peace about this, even in the beginning, then I probably should not entertain it and giving it to God, right? Um, and then secondly, if you do get into a relationship and you do have peace from God, understand you're going to need God to sustain it. You can't get into something, pray about it, and be like, oh, I finally got this thing. I don't need God anymore, right? But remembering that even sustaining the relationship, you're going to need God and you're going to need prayer and you're going to need to constantly give it to him over and over and over again, right? Because you're dealing with two imperfect people becoming one, whether it's in business or in a marriage or just boyfriend and girlfriend, that you're learning how to take two different worlds you're taking the sun and you're taking the moon and you're bringing those two worlds together and you somehow as the moon have to tell the sun, Hey, you're too hot. And the sun has to somehow say, Hey, uh, you're too cold and figuring out how to become one in that saying, okay, well, what's the best compromise for our relationship? Right. And how do we do that in a holy in a, in a, and in a righteous way? So, Number one, bringing your relationship to God always and asking God for the peace that surpasses all men's understanding in that. And then secondly, is asking God's strength in that, asking for God's strength in that and asking for God to continue to help you sustain that relationship with him in the relationship. And both of those things definitely take a great amount of humility to be able to submit yourself to the Lord's will above your own, above your own desires, above your own opinion, to just submit yourself to what the Lord wants for you. It takes a lot of, lot of humility. Yeah, that's really good, AJ. Thank you so much for sharing so much on the podcast today. Absolutely. And thank you for having me. You're doing an amazing job. Super excited to see um, how this can hopefully affect someone and, yeah, I'm not a relationship guru, though. It's all Jesus. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But your experience and your story definitely matters. And um, even for me, I've learned a lot through this podcast. So thank you so much for coming on. Of course, no problem. Thank you. Thank you for tuning into this episode of Kingdom Convos. If you liked our conversation, don't forget to subscribe for similar episodes. You can connect with me by following my social media and you can find that in the details. Remember that your story is the best story to tell and use every opportunity today to share yours. Thanks for listening.